Gina DiPietro here with Novant Health Healthy Headlines. About a month ago, I was talking with a friend who got acupuncture, and I was so surprised to learn that it can help with a whole host of things besides pain management. Things like insomnia, balance, and even anxiety. I immediately wanted to know more and booked an appointment for an acupuncture session just so I could learn and experience it firsthand myself. You're listening to the first of a three-part series where I take you with me on my journey, even though I really hate needles, to learn more about this complementary medicine that's actually been around for centuries. Here to break down what acupuncture is and just how beneficial it can be is Dr. Russell Greenfield of Novant Health Integrative Medicine. Later in the series, Dr. Greenfield addresses the doubters and explains some of the research behind acupuncture. Thanks for listening to part one. I think one of the most interesting things is that acupuncture can be helpful for things other than pain management. And I'm not sure if that's just a perception that I had about it, or if you think that's kind of a a common misunderstanding about all of these benefits it can really provide. Acupuncture is perhaps best known and perhaps best accepted in the West for pain management, but it is actually effective for the management of a number of different maladies. I think the first thing to keep in mind is that acupuncture is one part of a complete system of healthcare that might be termed Chinese medicine. Some people call it traditional Chinese medicine. So acupuncture is an an important component, but there's also the use of Chinese medicinal herbs. There's also dietary information that's sometimes specific to Chinese medicine. There are manual therapies like tuina that are sometimes used. There's cupping and moxibustion. And so it's actually a very rich, complete system of healthcare unto itself of which acupuncture is merely one part. As often happens in Western medicine, we take a singular aspect of that system and try to incorporate it into our conventional medical armamentarium, which is okay, but sometimes that misses out in some of the richness and breadth that is offered Um, throughout an entire system as might be um, expected. So acupuncture certainly is known for its potential benefits for managing pain, especially for arthritis or inflammatory disorders, chronic musculoskeletal complaints and acute musculoskeletal complaints as well. Things like headaches, a variety of different painful conditions often respond quite well to acupuncture. But acupuncture has also been shown to help with, for example, insomnia. It helps manage nausea or nausea and vomiting. It can be beneficial just for overall balance. It's been used in a variety of settings and largely been quite beneficial in the majority of them. Certainly it's not a panacea. It doesn't work for everything. But when carefully chosen as one of the interventions for patients, oftentimes they will experience some degree of benefit. That's amazing to hear just all of those things that it can help address. I I would be hard pressed to think that there are many other things that can really be helpful for so many different things on the spectrum. Well, you know, Gina, you bring up an important point was that part of the distinction about the way that Chinese medicine as a whole and its practitioners approach people is to look at the whole. And so a large effort within Chinese medicine is to take what the person has as their own gifts of healing, their innate capacity to heal, and bring them to the fore. And part of what Chinese medicine says, of course, it's a very deep and rich practice unto itself. 
But a central component, as I understand it, is that when the body is in balance, energetically and otherwise, the body can best heal itself and respond as well to conventional treatment as possible. So many times we may send people to a Chinese medicine practitioner with a specific Western medical diagnosis. But what the practitioner does is, here's their story, here's their history, then does a typical Chinese medicine examination, which is actually somewhat different than a Western medical exam. And based on what they find, offer an individualized treatment to try and enhance that balance we were speaking about. Because regardless of diagnosis, if the body is in balance per Chinese medicine, it's best in a position to be able to heal itself. And I'd like to go back to a term that you used. I believe you said it was moxibustion. Could you explain what that is for me? Sure, moxibustion is the, the burning of an herb called mugwort. It's also called moxa. And what happens is that the herb is either um, used as almost like a cigar stick or if some powdered herb is placed onto a little piece of, let's say, aluminum foil or something like that. And what it does is you use the heat from the burning of the herb over specific acupuncture points. It's just another way to activate those specific points across the body rather than using needles. And sometimes that is used based on the uh, experience and expertise and the examination by the Chinese medicine practitioner. Interestingly enough, um, at, just as an aside, um, back in the late 1990s when I first helped um, an institution open an integrative medicine clinic and we had moxibustion as one of the offerings, our Chinese medicine practitioner would every once in a while use that. And we were supposed to have venting in the rooms, but we didn't. And so one of the challenges with moxibustion is that it smells like another herb that just so happens to be illegal in this state. And so people would walk into the clinic and say, you guys really do do alternative medicine here, but no, 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 that was just moxibustion because it can smell a little bit like cannabis, but it's a very different approach. It's very gentle and again, can be very beneficial for folks. Interesting. Is acupuncture prescribed to patients? Is it often used in conjunction with other treatments? Indeed, the way we use it here in the West is that it is often as a complement to the best conventional medical care that people can um, receive. And so in our own institution at Novant Health, you know, I work primarily with people um, who are at, either at risk of having cancer or are being treated for the disease or have had it in the past and maybe having perhaps side effects related to the disease or the treatment itself. So we don't say acupuncture is um, necessarily a treatment for cancer, but we do say that it can be used in conjunction with treatments for cancer that are you know, well vetted through conventional Western medicine, but that we can bring that Eastern component in because again, it helps balance things out. In some studies, it suggests that actually it helps people respond even better to treatment and with fewer side effects. And again, this is one of the ways that we can help people manage some of the side effects. So it is not uncommon given the, the unique individual that sits before us that we may recommend in the right circumstances that they have acupuncture in and around the time that they're receiving their treatments or after they're done with treatment, if they are having problems, let's say like joint aches or pains or nausea or insomnia or just, just feeling a little bit out of balance, acupuncture is a wonderful means of trying to address that. I'm interested too, as far as those mental health benefits would go, would therapists, would they ever prescribe acupuncture to their patients? They do sometimes, those who are, let's say more 
are aligned with that uh, manner of thinking or who have some exposure to Chinese medicine as a whole or to acupuncture where it's benefited folks. So it is certainly not synonymous with therapy, um, but one of the things that I've learned from some of the Chinese medicine practitioners I've been around is that we all know that past traumas or sources of anxiety or things of that nature reside in our mind. But the Chinese medicine practitioners I've worked with say that those emotions actually live in every cell of the body. And when those hidden or pushed away emotions are released in a safe fashion, all the cells in the body function that much better. So whether that release happens through therapy or journaling, body work or acupuncture, if it can happen in a way that enhances balance, it appears that people are gonna be better off for it. And I'd like to go back to the point that you made as far as cancer patients using acupuncture. How would it help the chemotherapy get where it needs to go? I believe you said this is something called opening the gates. So again, I want to make certain that it's understood that I myself am not a Chinese medicine practitioner, but I work with really good ones. And so they teach me some of these things and some of the terminology that I'm sharing with you um, today. So one of the things I've heard more than a couple of times from some of the TCM, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners that we partner with, is that acupuncture can help, quote unquote, open the gates, meaning that the medicine can get to places that perhaps ordinarily might not be able to get to where it can do the most good. While at the same time, perhaps, and I guess this is theoretical, perhaps reducing the instance of side effects as well. Now, while I say it is theoretical, it is only because we don't have oh, enough research data to be definitive about it. But we see over and over and over again, people who seem to experience fewer and less severe side effects related to treatment when they have acupuncture compared to those who do not. Who is a good candidate for acupuncture? And alternatively, is there anybody who you would recommend not get it? I will say to you that it's really kind of hard to come up with an instance where acupuncture might not offer benefit to folks. So, you know, in many centers around the globe and more and more here in the United States, when somebody is in the midst of treatment for a significant malady, a significant illness, including cancer, almost all of them get referred to the Chinese medicine practitioner, especially the acupuncturist, because it may offer benefit. Remember that in some parts of the world, specifically Asia, People will often go in for an acupuncture treatment each season just to help them get in balance with nature, to be in balance with the seasons. It can be used for just overall balancing, overall toning, or it can be used to impact some degree of malady. Remember, again, that when talking about this, we're talking about one aspect of an entire system of healthcare unto itself. And the, perhaps the biggest part of Chinese medicine that we could learn a lot from is that it focuses a lot on prevention. And again, it engages a person's own innate capacity to heal and fend off illness. And I just love that because it is a very optimistic way to look at literally the magic we're all born with in this regard. And so you know, I will say to you that there was a period of time where I conservatively 75 to 80% of the patients that we see within the Cancer Institute get a referral for acupuncture if people are interested in it. It's not a mandate, it's an option. In some of the other cancer centers that I've spoken to, it's actually 100% of people get referred for that because they just see that much benefit. Some of our conventional medical brethren and sisters um, think that when people have a low white blood cell count 
or their platelet counts drop, which can increase bleeding, that people shouldn't get acupuncture because of risk of infection or bleeding or things of that nature. And I understand that concern and I honor it and I respect it, but it should be kept in mind that again, in Asia, where acupuncture is used in conjunction with chemotherapy on a consistent basis, the incidence of infection or bleeding is extremely low. Do children ever get acupuncture or is this something that's typically just for adults? It's a really good question. And there are different ways of offering acupuncture or acupuncture techniques. Again, most of the little ones aren't gonna wanna have a bunch of needles um, stuck in them. And frankly, there are some TCM, again, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners who say that actually needling points in youngsters is not a good idea because their qi, that energy within them, which is what Chinese medicine often focuses on, qi, the life force energy. In children, it is so, there's so much energy in children. And to manipulate it, you have to be a little bit more gentle. And so they often don't use needles, certainly not in kids under seven, but maybe even a little bit older than that. And they'll often use techniques like in, in Japanese form of acupuncture, they use something called shonishin, which is scraping over acupuncture points. There can be acupressure used. You can use, again, uh, moxa or moxibustion. You can use laser um, lights, which again, don't cause burning or anything like that. They just kind of warm the points. So there's a lot of different ways to do this and you don't have to necessarily have to use needles in youngsters. And even some adults who are, you know, quote unquote, needle phobic. They've just had too many of them. They don't want to even try an acupuncture needle. Remembering that the acupuncture needles are actually very small in diameter. They um, typically, you know, most people when they get an acupuncture session, they typically fall asleep because they get a chance to relax. It's very calming. But if folks are really against needles, there are other ways to receive this treatment that is oftentimes, again, very effective in a wide variety of maladies. Keep in mind that while we talked a little about how acupuncture can benefit cancer patients, Novon Health offers acupuncture to anyone in the community who needs it. But really, some great information there from Dr. Greenfield, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. In search of more answers, I went and got acupuncture at Novon Health, and you'll get to listen in part two of this three-part series. For more practical health tips and information, search Novant Health Healthy Headlines. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts. We post new episodes all the time. Most are just 15 minutes. Thank you for listening.